Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. I love it, actually. I mean, I love it because it, it shows the tenacity that you have out there on the field. I mean, of course, we don't want to get penalized for it or make a, a bad mistake that it costs us the game, but just having that hunger, everybody's emotions high, everybody's their mentality, dog mentality, just bringing the best out of each other. I mean, it's iron sharpening iron in there. So, I mean, we know heated situations are going to happen. It's football. So, I mean, just not being, not getting too carried away in those moments to where it hurt, it hurt the team and affect the team and also hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in the shell. We won't go in attack mode because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great estate of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been a fun-filled show thus far. As we know, here on Reaction Monday, we've been reacting to everything over the sports weekend. It's all presented by Fleet Management Services, and I know we have more reactions to come forth. We'll have uh, best and worst of the weekend coming up, as well as your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. Because let's be honest, at this point in time of the year, starting to hear a lot from coaches and players, but we just want to get the games, get the football going. And it's week zero for college football, 12 days away from Razorback football, so it at least is upon us. But we're going to continue to talk about that and talk about the Razorback scrimmage from Saturday. So is everything else going on with Razorback Fall Camp? As we go to the phone lines and welcome in Andrew Ellis of Hogsports.com, friend of the show. And Andrew, as always, man, appreciate you joining us this afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Just trying to stay out of the heat. Um, you know, just counting down the minutes till we go to practice today. We this is our first day where we, you know, students are in, in session, so we got to actually go in the middle of the worst part of the the heat in the outside. But you know, it'll be okay, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, Andrew, since you bring that up, it, it was funny hearing Sam Pittman talk about the heat and talk about morning practices, but then, you know, on Saturday's scrimmage, I guess uh, the heat was uh, so unbearable that he said it caused a lot of tempers to flare, or at least elevated that, but uh, just what have you made as far as the temperature and the practices and kind of moving them all around and how uh, the coaching staff and Sam Pittman's just trying to make sure they get the practices in, but also trying to make sure that they don't have any health issues with how hot it is up there in northwest Arkansas? Yeah, you know, I, I know. I remember the last the last couple falls. You know, our, uh, Sam Pittman talks about that a lot of trying to simulate games, and you want to do that as much as you can in practice. And so, you know, like they'll they'll have early morning practices to kind of try to simulate that 11 a.m. kickoff, which they could, as we know, they love our you know love having Arkansas in that 11 a.m. slot. Um, you try to have the midday. You try to have whatever you can to simulate as much. But at the same time, it's, you know, it, it it can be counterproductive if you're so tired and you're so hot out there. The guy starts slipping. Your technique gets worse. I feel like it can be, you know, a bad thing if you if you're stressing too much. And so I think they're trying to find that nice balance. Um, I don't envy those guys today. I've actually heard, you know, some murmurs from someone a lot smarter than me, Curtis Wilkerson, who tells me that there might be like a rule when it's above 100 degrees that they're not allowed to be outside for a certain amount of time or something like that. So hopefully there's some truth to that, and that means we can you know, we can go indoors to watch the practice today. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's you know obviously good and bad that can come with it, and I think they try to be smart and just do whatever they can to get through it effectively. But I'm sure that this heat is uh it, it's probably preparing a lot of teams around the country better than it would most most years. When school started, they're limited as to that window when they can actually do practice. Now 
simply because early in the morning, and Coach Pittman may have made a reference to this, that early in the morning they may not be able to have practice at times when they would have in the past because of school going on. Right. Yeah. So that's. I think that's why today's first day, where you know our practice viewing starts at four thirty. I'm sure the actual practice itself self starts at four. And you know, just gotta gotta adapt to the conditions. But this is also a nice, exciting time because it's it's the first week where it's similar to game week in terms of when they'll be practicing, when things are happening. And now I think we're gonna start doing that thing where we start talking about they're turning the page from fall camp to the Western Carolina game, and that's when the juices really start to flow. So. I'm excited to see what the energy is going to be like at practice because, you know, like you mentioned, this will be their first time practicing where they had to go to class earlier that day like they're going to be doing all year. So this is where it starts to really feel like football season and classes in session. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Now, Andrew, I don't know if uh, you got the same vibe, but I was talking about this where watching Sam Pittman's press conference after Saturday's scrimmage, he didn't really, like, come out and reveal a whole lot. It was more like, all right, you can ask me questions. I'll see if I can answer them. But, you know, it, it just almost like where – Hey, we're tired of talking. We're, we're tired of doing it this way. We just want to get games going because I, I don't know what uh, really you brought out from that press conference, but it just seemed like uh, there wasn't a whole lot for him to say or maybe a whole lot that he just didn't want to say. Hey, dude, I could not agree more. I, so I post updates on our board you know, during most of the Sam Pittman press conferences, and so I'm always trying to you know, wait for him to – you know how it is. You're waiting for him to say something important so you can write it down and do all this. And the updates were all just so vague and like, general of like oh yeah it was a good practice you know had some good things you know we played hard i'm just like what you know there's no information you know whereas like the week before he's like we had a 32 yard reception to this guy we had a 20 yard run here a 40 yard you know just like listed off everything <clears throat> i don't know if that was by design or what but maybe it's just them being funny because they know that we can't go to the scrimmages and so we just have to take whatever they say and run with it and maybe they just want to see us squirm a little bit i don't know what it is but it's so funny, so many fans and people on our board kind of wanting information out of that scrimmage, and I got nothing for him. It's like, I just, he, he said they, you know, things got a little chippy. That was kind of the only real thing we got. That was probably the, the thing that caught my attention the most is that all of the players and coaches we talked to all kind of referenced a little bit of that chippiness and that tension, and I thought that was interesting. Um, but none of them seemed to be worried about it. It wasn't like there was fights all over the place, but it seemed, I, at least, you know, that's not the vibe I got, but it did seem like, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty intense practice. But, yeah, I think it could be what you were saying where they're just tired of talking. They don't want to they don't want to keep, you know, airing out everything. They don't want to give out too many information, too much information. And as you get towards where it's game week and you're starting to prepare for opponents, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that vague, less detailed stuff about the practices and all that. And Yeah, that, that kind of it goes to the point, Andrew, that you were talking about with concentrating on Western Carolina now. You know that Western Carolina – is putting their efforts forward to preparing for Arkansas, so you don't want to give out as much information at this time. Exactly, and you know, I think uh, if you're Sam Pittman, you probably aren't too worried about that Western Carolina. I don't think it's going to come down to whether or not you know they they find out some things from practice sports. But I, I agree 100. percent I think it's we're you know we're starting to get that feel of game week. It's not quite game week yet. We still got some time, but it's starting to feel really like football season. And I remember last year during football season, it was just that's, that's when things get really tight-lipped, especially when K.J. was injured. I just, I, yeah, that's when things really start to tighten up a little bit. And maybe Saturday is just the beginning of that. And it'll be interesting to see. We don't get to talk to Pittman until, I believe, Thursday this week. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how he goes about that and what, he, what all he has to say and kind of how they're turning the page toward the actual season. But, yeah, I'm just excited to get out there at practice day and kind of get a feel for that vibe of how everyone's feeling. And I'm sure there will be plenty of excitement out there today. You know, you mentioned uh, the defensive uh, line that uh, Arkansas has been trying to put forth and, and, and with the depth and knowing that uh, just Trajan Jeffcoat, for instance, Sam Pittman referred to him as a bad man. Uh, you hear about him. You see Landon Jackson going to SEC media days. Uh, you hear about the the, in, the interior defensive linemen that have really been coming about. I think Trey Biddy, even of Hawksports.com, has said quite a few times that I've heard that he's like, this is the deepest, uh, most talented overall defensive line that I've seen since being here. Uh, what do you make of all of that with Arkansas's defensive line? Is this a year to where they can really be a true strength of the team? And, and if so, uh, how, how are they going to go about it? Is it strictly just off of numbers, or do they have some highly talented NFL caliber type players on this defensive line? 
I, I actually am. I think I am buying the defensive line hype. I remember their last year during fall camp. I think I did a story that was titled like buying and selling the best, like the top stories from fall camp. Cause there's always stories that we're hearing. And I remember there was some buzz about the defensive line and I didn't necessarily buy it last year. And the defensive line ended up having a lot of sacks. But I, I think we would all agree that it's not like that unit was exactly wrecking shop last year, but this, this year it feels a little bit different. And, you know, just being there every day at practice, just a large group of guys. I mean, obviously, everyone, these are collegiate athletes in the SEC. They're all big guys. But, I mean, you just look at Jeff Cody. He looks like an NFL player right now. Landon Jackson could not look more like an NFL player. I mean, that guy's an unreal. I mean, Tank Booker, Cam Ball looks better than ever. I mean, you just go down the list. There's just more guys like that, you know, where I feel like in years past, it would be like Arkansas has had some good D lines, and they've even had some, you know, Christmas, you know, Trey, Trey Flowers, Dietrich Wise, like all those guys. But it seems like more years, they spread those guys out. Like, they'll have one or two NFL or defensive linemen, but it's more a little bit spread out, whereas, like, this year, I feel like you've got five or six guys, those upperclassmen, all of which who might not get drafted, but are all going to have a chance to be on that NFL radar. And that's just, you know, some of those guys aren't even going to start. You know, like, Tank Booker might be the second team, you know, defensive tackle, and he, you know, he's a guy that is a legitimate draft prospect. And Cam Ball, same thing. I mean, you just going down the line. There's just more guys like that that look like the SEC defensive linemen that we've, you know, come to come accustomed to seeing. And so I do think that, you know, from a depth standpoint, they just have more depth than they've had for sure. But then, you know, just quality depth of talent and guys that can make get things done. And they have a nice mix of skill sets too. And I, you know, I really do think that they're going to have a nice little rotation there. And they're going to be committed to the four-down lineman thing, which I know fans are really going to like because I feel like every, you know, with Barry Odom, every week it was like, are they going to be running three-down linemen, four? Like, are they going to mix it? And the coaches never really were super definitive either one, either way. And it's just kind of a matchup dependent thing. But there's been no discussion about that. It's four-down linemen every single play. That's just how they're going to do it. They have the depth to it. They have the guys. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this group. And, uh, you know, this time of year, your defensive line probably should be a little bit ahead of your offensive line. And that's what, you know, people always say that, and they think they're the first person to come up with that, where they're like, well, in fall camp, you kind of want your, but it's, but it's true. And in years past, we really haven't heard stuff like this, like we're hearing coming out of fall camp, where the defensive line is really giving them trouble. And so I'm buying just the overall feel of the defensive line this year. Speaking with Andrew Ellis of HawkSports.com here on the phone lines on Out of Bounds. And Andrew, sticking with the defensive lineman, you know, three, two years ago, I guess, in 2021, Arkansas had like two and a half defensive linemen. It felt like you know, it felt like you had you had John Ridgeway and Trey Williams, and like you had a Markel Utzi. Uh, it just had no depth. It seemed like, and they were kind of desperate to even get a few of those guys because all of them were transfers that you had to mix in. And then two years go by, and here you are talking about the defensive linemen, overall talent, depth, everything. How much has Deke Adams had to do with that? I mean, is he the reason why it's become this way? Where two years ago it was a weakness, and here it is now being one of, if not arguably, one of the better strengths that Arkansas has this football season? Yeah, I think Deke Adams deserves a ton of credit. And, you know, when he when they hired him, I remember there was a lot of people that were a little skeptical, and I was absolutely one of them. I remember being a little confused when he came out. That was the guy just kind of looking at where he had been. And I, I don't remember where exactly he was coming from, but I think he might have, you know, been fired a couple years before and, like, wasn't coaching that year. And I, I was very confused by the decision. But, man, I mean, it's really it's really turned out great, and you've seen kind of what he's been able to do and the way they've reshaped that room completely. And, yeah, like you mentioned, in 2021, Torian Carter kind of had a funny comment where he was like, you know, we had depth back then, but just a little different. It's just a little bit, you know, different this year when you're looking at the guys that they're able to roll in there. You know, nowadays in college football, it's pretty much impossible to build an elite defensive line through the high school ranks and through your high school recruiting, unless you're a Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State, or Michigan, you know, one of those top ones. It's just hard to get big-time defensive linemen to come to you out of high school, you know, unless you get a random one like a McTelvin Aguin who's just in the state and is right there. Um, So it's really hard to to build that quality depth of the transfer board or through high school recruiting. And Arkansas, that's that's been kind of the, the cheat sheet for them. I mean, in 2021, that defensive line, you had three starters came from the transfer portal. Two of them are, you know, I guess one of them got drafted. Two, two of them kind of played in the NFL for a little bit. Um, and they, they've really hit on a lot of those defensive linemen transfers. I mean, Terry Hampton wasn't a star or anything, but he was a guy that played a lot for them last year. Jordan Dominic was obviously very good. And so if Arkansas can keep that trend going, and it looks like they did with Jeff Code and Booker and a few of these other guys like John Morgan, he's a guy that I really like a lot too. And I, I just feel like they they just built on that momentum and, and they've also progressed their high school guys like a Cam Ball, 
And I, I really like the look of this group. And I think it's the transfer portal, Deke Adams. It's just kind of a combination of everything and a, a perfect storm where Arkansas has been able to build a legitimate D-line through not just one method here or there. They've been able to kind of fill in the holes with everything, you know, mixed together. And, and Deke Adams, like I said, just gets, he gets a ton of credit because, honestly, I wasn't a believer two years ago. Andrew, you mentioned not being able to talk to Sam Pittman until Thursday. Is there access to coordinators, assistant coaches, players leading up to Thursday? I think it's just players Monday through Wednesday. I could be wrong. They just sent out the email. I probably should have looked over a little bit further. I think I believe it is just yeah, it's just players for the first three days, and then we'll get Pittman on thir- or on Thursday, and that's it for the week. So, uh, but we'll still get to talk to some players and get a feel for some things, and obviously we'll get to be at practice. So we'll we'll, we'll be around enough. How much does that compare? I know that maybe you haven't had a chance to really look at it, but as far as the access and what we get to hear about and, and see at practices, I know it's like 20 minutes or whatever for a lot, and then coordinators and players, everything. But uh, compared to maybe some other major college football programs, maybe in the SEC, is that pretty reasonable, or is it kind of strict compared to maybe what some other teams are doing? I feel like it, it's always one way or the other. I feel like Arkansas is probably right in the middle in terms of access of what they do. When I look at, you know, like Texas, when they have their scrimmages, I feel like their staff, like their, you know, people, their their 24-7 guys are able to be there and watch the entire thing, give a whole play-by-play. They have stats and all that. And obviously we've never been able to, we haven't been able to do stuff like that here in the last few years. But then I see some that just don't let them go to practice at all. It's like you get to, you know, you get a few notes from the scrimmage and you get to talk to the coach, but you don't get to go to any, you know, full practices, be in there for anything. Um, so I'd say Arkansas is probably middle of the pack, but, who really you know i'm not i'm not around all these other places i don't really know but uh you know i I think that we get a a nice little bit you know we get to we get to see summer practice and throughout camp we've gotten to talk to you know every single coach on the team so it's hard to complain too much i feel like arkansas does a pretty good job of giving you enough without overdoing it you know and normally the schedule is you hear from uh coach Pittman and then the coordinators as the week goes on is that how it usually goes well throughout the season we don't we don't talk to the coordinators unless something weird happens, you know, like I think, I, I don't know. I think you can put in requests if you want to do like a one-on-one thing, but you know, on game week, it'll basically just be Pittman on Monday, a few players on Tuesday, Pittman again on Wednesday, and then let's play. Well, Andrew, I know we still have uh, this week, but then next week will be game week, as you mentioned, and we'll hear some from some players and everything, but just where it stands right now, what would you say has been the biggest surprise to you? And, and maybe you can do it in a good way or a bad way so far in fall camp. And also, What's the uh, thing that concerns you the most for this team as where it stands right now? Um, I think I, the, the biggest surprise for me, and I don't know if it's just camp because a little bit of this was in the spring, um, but the, the wide receiver position being as seemingly solid as it is, is probably one of the biggest pleasant surprises for me because I'll be honest, you know, back in, back in the offseason whenever I was just kind of looking around the country at what who brought in what and who's returning back stuff, I was looking at Arkansas's receivers. I was like, you know, they've got two D2 guys that are supposed to come in here. Isaiah Satania we like, but he's never really played before. You know, there's a lot of lot of kind of guys that you could see a pass to being good, but not a ton of, you know, you don't have a five-star like Jaden Hazelwood on your campus. You don't have an NFL guy like Matt Landers. You certainly don't have a Traylon Burks that's a proven commodity. So I, I, it was definitely a big question mark for me of kind of who is K.J. Jefferson going to throw this ball to, but Throughout fall camp, I mean, it was obvious from right away. I mean, as soon as you watch these receivers go up against the first-team defensive backs, you know, they had some good battles back and forth. But I'm just – I'm not worried about that receiver group at all. I think they're going to have more than enough. So that's probably the biggest pleasant surprise for me. I would say the thing I'm a little bit hesitant on still is the offensive line. And I, I never thought I'd say that about a Sam Pittman coach team. And I don't think I'm ready to call it a big concern or question mark moving forward. But I would say tentatively I'm in kind of wait-and-see mode. You know, you're going to potentially have two sophomores that tackle, a right tackle with Patrick Kudis and left tackle Devon Manuel. Uh, potentially Andrew Shamley steps in there as a redshirt freshman. You know, that's, that's kind of what you're looking at. Those are all three really talented guys that they've kind of groomed for these roles and they feel good about. So just we haven't seen it yet. So we're, we're kind of a little bit in wait-and-see mode. But, I, you know, it's hard to expect a Sam Pittman offensive line to not figure it out soon enough. But, you know, just putting all the pieces together, what we see at practice, what we hear from the coaches, and what we're hearing out of this defensive line. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the offensive line hasn't been dominant in fall camp. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of to be expected. So I'm interested to see what that group does during the actual season when they don't have to go up against, you know, guys like Trajan Jeffcoat every day. Um, but, I, yeah, I think fall, I think uh, offensive line is probably still the, 
the only real question mark for me. And then I guess secondary depth. I feel good about the starting group, but they're, they're a couple injuries away from looking in a, in a real bad spot again in the secondary. We've talked about the importance of tight ends and getting them involved in a passing game, but even talking about that offensive line, they can really be helpful in some of the blocking schemes, maybe especially early to kind of get adjusted to that offensive line and some new starters on the edges. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I think those tight ends are going to be a big part of, of what they do offensively in the pass game everywhere. And I think you're going to see one or two on the field at the same time. I mean, you're always going to have one, but I, I I really am buying when they say that they're going to they're gonna try to implement these tight end more than me. We saw what Danny O's did when he was at Arkansas before. I mean, you know, with Henry and Sprinkle and guys like that. But I also think in the run game, like you mentioned, guys like Luke has, I mean, they're not afraid. You know, he, he just does not seem afraid of it. And he's not only in a competent blocker, he seems like one of their better ones and one of their most physical guys in that tight end position. And I think that's going to end up, you know, being the reason why he's on the field more than any other tight end by a pretty good margin. And uh, I know we talked about it in the last time I was on the show, but Francis Sherman's another one, man. Like, I don't think a ton of Hogs fans are, like, dying to watch Francis Sherman. But, you know, you, you watch these practices, you hear what these coaches are saying, it seems like he, they're going to use him, you know. And I think that in the run game, and, and that can kind of help alleviate some of that pressure on potentially two young tackles and left and right tackles. You've got two sophomores out there. Having guys like Francis Sherman and Luke Haz who are ready to go and are physical and embrace that. And I also think the running backs are one. I mean, they, they talk about – uh, Pittman actually, or maybe Jimmy Smith said that he thinks that whenever defensive ends see Rocket Sanders back there and he's staying in for pass protection, it kind of changes the way they approach it because you know you may get by your defender, but then you still got a 240 pound running back who's a big dude. You're, you're going to have to get by him somehow. And I think that all of those guys, it's just a really physical, there's a lot of physicality in every position for Arkansas. I mean, even the receivers are just big physical dudes. And so I just think they're going to be in good shape. And I think that'll kind of help them as they bridge the gap with this young offensive line a little bit, the physicality of those other positions. Well, Andrew, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at AndrewLS247 and see all of his stuff at hogsports.com. Enjoy the week, man, and uh, looking forward to game week next week, all right? Absolutely. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate you. All right, again, Andrew Ellis joining us on the phone lines. We'll have more Out of Bounds on Reaction Monday, presented by Fleet Management Services. Up next. Quinn Groby joins Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer on Drive Time Sports every Wednesday afternoon at 4, brought to you by the DHR Group of Sonic Drive-Ins. Sports Center. The Arkansas Razorbacks football team finished their fall camp with their second and final scrimmage on Saturday. Afterwards, Coach Sam Pittman spoke to the media about how he feels about his team. They're physical. The heat was a little bit of a problem with emotions today uh, that we've got to get under control. We will. And uh, we got a good culture. We, we, I think our kids like each other. I think they love each other. And they play hard. And you're going to win a lot of games being able to do that. we got a tough football team. We are now just 12 days away from Arkansas kicking off their season against Western Carolina at War Memorial Stadium. And tonight in the NFL, there is one preseason game. The Ravens will take on the Commanders at 7. Coverage can be seen on ESPN. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Edgar Award-winning author and Arkansas native E.Y. Craner joins The Zone every Tuesday courtesy of Jackalope Cycling. Jackalope Cycling in Russellville is there with bike rentals and service. Camping gear, fishing accessories, whatever gets you excited about the outdoors. E.Y. Craner, Tuesday in The Zone, brought to you by Jackalope Cycling. Check them out online at jackalopecycling.com. From 67167, it's Billy and Bubba, the Freeway Boys. Been a heck of a week. Nacho cheese truck turned over yesterday. Uh-huh, yeah. Chicken truck spilled today. Oh, yeah. Billy, yeah. what you eat? Chicken nachos. Trucks are spilling over with savings this month at Guatney Chevrolet. 2023 Silverado High Country, over $6,000 off. 2023 Silverado RST, over $9,000 off. Plus, $2,500 off on all 2023 Equinox in stock and rates as low as 1.9%. Coming from Little Rock? Avoid any construction by taking the Main Street exit in Jacksonville. Right on Main, then left on Bailey to our front door. 1301 TPY Drive in Jacksonville. Call 501 Chevrolet.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. All offers with approved credit. See dealer for details. Number 24502 24664. 
Bubba, I'm thirsty. Well, maybe a Coke truck will turn over. Erectile dysfunction is a very serious medical issue. It affects over 60% of men over 45. This can be caused from low testosterone, high blood pressure, diabetes, prostate issues, and high cholesterol. The staff at the Little Rock Men's Clinic are specialists in treating these issues. Our medical specialists will determine your specific problem and develop a treatment plan for your specific needs. Our treatments have helped thousands of men with a 96% success rate. Call the Little Rock Men's Clinic at 501-382-9516. For August, our office visit is only $79. That includes your exam, blood work, and testos. If our specialist can't prove to you that the treatment works, your office visit is absolutely free. I am 58 years old, I have more energy, and I am performing like I am 21 again. I feel amazing. Come to the Little Rock Men's Clinic. We treat low T, ED, Peyronie's disease, and offer a male enhancement procedure. Call the Little Rock Men's Clinic at 501-382-9516. That's 501-382-9516. Or visit littlerockmensclinic.com. Celebrate 20 wild years with Willie D's Rock and Roll Piano Bar on August 26th. Reserve your table at WillieD'sPianoBar.com. the day. After countless hours of research, cutting back expenses, and nine months of anxiously waiting for her, today is the day you finally bring home your new car. It's also the day to protect her with an auto policy from Shelter Insurance. Our policies are competitively priced and include new car replacement coverage if anything were to happen to your new baby. See shelter agent Steve Ferguson in Little Rock, Todd Session in Moralton, or Kyle Stone in Pine Bluff. The Zone is on the road this Friday. Justin and Wes are heading to McDonald's on Arkansas Avenue in Russellville for the Change Roundup, benefiting Ronald McDonald House. Help the families of Ronald McDonald House Friday when you round up and let Ronald McDonald keep the change. There's only one place to stop for the best in meats in Central Arkansas. It's Hogs Meat Market. Check out their monthly package deals of the best meats online at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. We might run into some chop. Chop? <laughs> we could handle chop, right? I mean, it's a 170-foot yacht. No, no, no. We're not going anywhere unless he says it's safe, all right? It's safe. Don't worry about it's the safe. chop. You don't know about chop. Oh, really? And you do? Chop your credit card in half. How about that? On 103.7 The Buzz. For happy hour, 2 to 7, later happy hour, 10 to close. Enjoy all the food and drink specials that go along with it. Get a lunch combo as low as $7.99. If you want to take some food to go, you can order online, curbside, or to go, courtesy of Postmates, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. Great drink specials during happy hour. Apps for $2, 4 and $6. Out of Bounds was at Twin Peaks on Friday, and we had a great time as always. Always the place to be with plenty of seating inside now, wall-to-wall TVs to see all the sports action. This week, it's zero week for college football. There's MLB, NFL preseason, boxing, MMA, plenty of sports to choose from. There are seven college football games on Saturday, including Navy and number 13, Notre Dame, San Jose State, number 6, USC. So you have a couple of teams in that top 15 that are playing this Saturday during zero week. And Twin Peaks is the place to watch it all. If you want to get those fantasy football drafts, party started twin peaks is the place to do that also go to twin peaks restaurant.com slash fantasy draft 
If you do your party there, the commissioner gets a $50 bonus card. Every additional drafter gets a $5 bonus card. So go to TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Fantasy Draft. Get it done. Get registered today. It's Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. It's Reaction Monday here on Out of Bounds, presented by Fleet Management Services. And uh, speaking of the college football week zero happening uh, throughout, uh, I guess on Saturday is really when it gets kicked off. But uh, there's only going to be two top 25 teams playing. you got Notre Dame versus Navy, which I guess will be the, the first game there on Saturday. Of course on NBC, because it is Notre Dame. And also uh, USC with Caleb Williams and Heisman Trophy winner and also a team that's ranked sixth in the country. Uh, they'll have a home game there in Los Angeles against San Jose State. Nick Starkle's not still at San Jose State, is he? No. Okay, good. That would be weird if he was. But uh, that game's going to be on the Pac-12 network. Great. Thing that probably won't even exist next year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, there's going to be that game. Then you have uh, Jacksonville State and UTEP. you got New Mexico State and UMass. Uh, San Diego State and Ohio. Vanderbilt and Hawaii. So you did get a little SEC action. That game's going to be on the SEC network. And then uh, Louisiana Tech and Florida International. So, going to have uh, quite a few games there. And uh, high school football, does that start this week or next week as well? It's uh, this week. It's this week. So, this is week zero, too, technically, for high school? Yep. Week zero is a big thing in the college and uh, football community altogether now. Mm-hmm. College and high school. Was it, uh, was it Rick Schaefer that had the issue with week zero? Yes. Okay. That's, I remember... Uh, somebody here on the Buzz Airwaves having issues with it and saying it doesn't count. Because my my understanding is, when at least in college football, it, it makes sense for Week Zero because you're not having it's not a full fledged week of college football. It's like an abbreviated week, so it's a Week Zero. But high school is it abbreviated or is it just a full fledged high school week normally? Uh, it has to be abbreviated. I would for think it to so. Be week- Zero also. Yeah, I would think so. So that part of it makes sense if that's the case. But I've always just laughed about, uh, you know, people talking about week zero. It's kind of like when the NCAA tournament was like trying to call the the first round of games, the play-in games or whatever, and then that was the second round. I was like, no, no, those need to just be play-in games, and then the first round starts. Like, just try to make it easy on everybody there. But, yeah, we're going to have college football, and I know uh, we'll have some NFL, too, as preseason continues on, but... With it being a reaction Monday here on Out of Bounds, we got to talk about some of the best and worst of the weekend. It was the best of times. In your life have you seen anything like that? It was the worst of times. Nuts and bolts, we got screwed. Third down. It's time for the best and worst of the weekend on Out of Bounds. All right, it is time for best and worst of the weekend. I'll start off with the best as a... Uh, I know that there's some people, apparently, at least when I talked about on Friday, that are in listener, our listening audience that enjoys uh, some of the rough and rowdy fights that Barstool puts forth. And I'll say that it happened Friday night. Got a chance to watch it once again. It's kind of a tradition with me and my friends uh, to check it out. But it's getting to the point to where it's like I really enjoy it more and more just because of the personality, because of the fun things that they're doing, and uh, the fact that it's, it takes itself not too seriously. Uh, and seeing some of the, the personalities and some of the fights has become a thing. We've seen celebrities in there, too. And uh, I just, I don't know, I really enjoy stuff like that and I know that people uh, are been trying to find different ways of getting amateur fighters or boxers, however it is, uh, there in check. But had some great knockouts, actually. Uh, had some guys that were just monsters out there. And apparently uh, you know, some of them have either no background in fighting or tr- are about to get into fighting because of this fact. But anyways, it was just really enjoyable. I like stuff like that, especially during a slower time of the year where there may not be a whole lot of sports on, especially on a Friday night. But uh, it's a good time. If you haven't watched it, I'd encourage you. If you like the sense of humor, it's completely, totally unedited, unfiltered, so you get to hear and see it all. But I think one of the funniest things about it is that it is supposed to be kind of a joke, but they actually have real referees, like people that do referee real fights, and they have real judges that actually have judging. And so to see the judges' scorecards at the end and what they're trying to do for these random people is hilarious. But it was really cool. It was really fun. And like I said, I encourage anybody to check it out if they have an opportunity to do so at a later point in time. Best to enter Miami getting the League's Cup championship. They beat Nashville SC. And uh, through regulation, the final score was 1-1. But it went to PKs, and they won 10-9 on PKs with the decisive goal being by the goalie who made the 
the last point, and Inter-Miami was able to go on and win, and they've been on an impressive run ever since Messi has made it to Inter-Miami. Uh, another best of the weekend uh, that I, I want to throw out there, and again, this may not be necessarily sports-related, but just something that uh, was the best of the weekend is uh, I saw that, you know, with, of course, the heat being as in tremendously horrible as it is, and everybody's hot, and I saw that they heard that Justin A. Career Fearless Leader had his air conditioning going out and had a few other people that I know personally also have some uh, air conditioning issues. But I, I did see that uh, there were a few people that had had this happen, and, and they were t- talking about on social media that their air conditioning had gone out. And I, they asked me not to mention their name, so but they are listeners of the show. So I just wanted to give them a shout-out to where they were offering they have a a summer home type of thing here in little rock that they were offering to people to stay in for having air conditioning issues especially ones with families and so i wanted to just give them a shout out won't say their name but give them a shout out for for doing that because that is an awesome thing that you know we, we take it for granted sometimes of having air conditioning when it's hot or having heat when it's cold and when it's gone it's it's pretty miserable especially when you have a lot of kids and family and everything so I just want to give them a shout-out for helping out, for doing that. It's an awesome thing, and uh, people helping people is always something that deserves a lot of credit and a lot of praise. Best to Spain, and they won the Women's World Cup. They beat England 1-0, and Spain becomes the second country ever to win men's and women's World Cup, joining Germany. So, uh, also, a, uh, a worst of the weekend for me, and there's, of course, a few of these also uh, that end up happening, but... Uh, the, the whole thing that we talked about with golf and yelling, you know, trying to get the guys to miss putts or miss shots or whatever, don't do those things, man. I, I know it's obvious, but like I have no respect for people that do that. I have no respect for people that try to insert themselves as part of the event. And there's a difference between being a crowd at a football game or a baseball game, basketball game, whatever, and then going to an individual sport where you're supposed to be quiet, you're trying to be quiet, you need to be quiet, and you do something like that and you become a story. Again, I have no respect for people like that. It's almost like trolling in a way. But I I, I wish that there was uh, just a way that you can continue to police this and enforce this. And hopefully it doesn't become an issue. But again, it's just it's not funny. It, it's just dumb. And it ruins it for a lot of people and a lot of their experience. And it could ruin uh, chances for some golfers especially to be able to make a lot of money. Because that's their livelihood too. So that was definitely one of the worst things I saw of the weekend. Worst of the Yankees getting swept by Red Sox. Oh, and the losing streak is now sitting at eight games over. Overall, it's their longest losing streak since 1995, so mm. almost 30 years, and they've uh, they've had a winning record over the last 30 years. So it is uh, it's getting pretty dicey. Where they're a couple of games under 500 now. I'll throw on top of that. Can I throw in a worst of the weekend for the? Uh, I should have gone back and seen the specific call, but that call what was a strikeout to the Yankees player where he even knew it was down the middle and he was walking towards the dugout and the umpire called the ball and all of them looked like, are you, are you serious? Like, that was, I wish I could, uh, I need to go back and look at the play, but I remember watching that highlight and I'm like, how? It, like, if the batter <laughs> just sits there and takes it and he's walking towards the dugout because he knows he struck out, uh, for them to, to not even call that and then just, you know, whatever. Like, that oh happens sometimes. But Man. it's just like even the final strike, or it wasn't the final strikeout, but it towards the... The uh, last at-bat where Aaron Judge strikes out, Mm -hmm. and um, you see it a lot of times with him because he's so tall that he'll strike out on a low pitch, and this ball was completely, and it was clearly low. And so, of course, he had something to say to the ump, but that one was, I guess maybe it was a balance of the one that they should have struck out, but the one with Aaron Judge where on a low strike he strikes out at strike three, it was really bad. Yeah. Again, no one's perfect. Everyone's going to have missed calls. But if you're at the highest level of Major League Baseball and you're calling a Yankees and Red Sox game, and there's one right down the pipes that you don't call a strike, that he, does, that he, doesn't, like he knows it, that's, that's a problem. Can't ever happen. But that's best and worst of the weekend. We got more Out of Bounds in your Razor Hog update presented by True Service coming up next. So stay with us. 
Hey, it's Joey and Ryan here at Red River Dodge. You know, we're known for amazing deals, but this month it's going to be much better. Have you ever wanted to buy a Jeep Gladiator? Well, now's the time. Employee pricing rebates, 1.9% financing, and much more on select models. Ram, $1,500 up to $13,000 off on select units. So for all your new Ram, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, make that beautiful drive to Huber Springs during the Make This the Summer event. And don't forget a Red River. We deliver. God bless. If you haven't stopped by Arch Marine lately, you are literally missing the boat. And no boat is complete without a Tahatsu motor. Arch Marine in North Little Rock has them ranging from 3.5 to 140 horsepower. That's Arch Marine in North Little Rock. Take the Levy exit. It's time for the 2023 Central Arkansas Tailgate Extravaganza at War Memorial Stadium. Friday, September 1st from 5 till 10. Saturday from 11 till kickoff. Delectable cuisine, exquisite beverages, captivating melodies, and jubilant camaraderie. Tickets, tables, corporate packages available. To choose your experience, visit CentralArkansasTailgate.com. Central Arkansas Tailgate, brought to you by Globe Life and Tyson. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, I know interest rates are high right now. That's what everybody's talking about. But if you're thinking about a project, whether it be a commercial project or you want to build a house, now's the time to come talk to you about what those future plans may look like. You know, RJ, no matter what the business environment may be, we're always there to sit down with our customers and talk about their future plans and what's going on with their businesses. And that's one thing about Southern Bank is they're a community bank. They want to be your partner. Partnering with our customers is a key to how we do business. And Chris, you know, we talk about those interest rates being high, but the one good news out of that is deposit rates. We have some great CD and checking account rates. Just give us a call and see what one of our personal bankers can do for you. If you want more information about interest rates or those deposit rates that we just talked about, call Chris and his team today at 501-424-0900 or go online at bankwithsouthern.com. Southern Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Every day, we do one thing, and we do it at the highest level. We formed Arkansas Urology more than 25 years ago. And ever since, our world-class team has gained experience and expertise in every aspect of urology. Today, you'll find our state-of-the-art facilities across Arkansas, where the latest technologies are used in innovative ways by skilled specialists who are dedicated to one thing, improving lives every day. Schedule your appointment at ArkansasUrology.com. Tune in to Morning Mayhem as they broadcast live from Greystone Country Club in Cabot for the Grisham Classic presented by Natural State Wholesale and benefiting the call. Listen in as the guys interview guest of the Flooring King, Don Grisham. This is the Pigskin Preacher bringing you the word. At a recent Paris fashion show, Valentino trotted out Cindy Crawford's daughter, Kaya Gerber, in a pair of jeans and a white shirt. Except they weren't jeans, but were made from silk gazar, entirely embroidered in micro beads, dyed 80 different shades of indigo to resemble denim. You gotta be kidding. These are the world's most expensive jeans for folks with too much money and too little sense. Or to quote George Costanza, Ick bean ein sucker. Save your money and buy some Levi's, folks. Speaking of value... Come over to Double B's, where your dollar will hit pay dirt. The 34 Arkansas locations of Double B's always have great deals and specials. Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Double B's. Make it the event that everyone wants to attend by getting your meat for tailgates, parties, or just family get-togethers at Hogs Meat Market. Hogs Meat Market. The steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. I'm going to stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. Go Hogs! On 103.7 The Buzz. Take the party wherever we go.
It is Out of Bounds here on Reaction Monday, presented by Fleet Management Services. And we're going to have Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio joining us in uh, the next segment as we'll talk to him about all things going on in the sports world, specifically with college football starting up, as well as uh, some of the NFL news there, too. But earlier in the show, we were talking about some of the bad men that uh, has happened in Razorback football history, at least, because for those of you who may not have heard, Sam Pittman referred to Trajan Jeffcoat as a bad man, and a lot of people have been uh, throwing in and chiming in some of their uh, ones, and uh, I love the ones that like where they don't go with the obvious. They're like, it's someone that maybe doesn't get talked about enough, or maybe somebody that gets uh, you know not, not enough love or credit, but uh, Brandon and Carlisle on our Southern Structural Solutions text line and this is one I, I hadn't thought about in a long time, but he was a good player. He said, he said Jericho Nelson. Uh, he was like the hybrid linebacker, defensive back for Arkansas in the Petrino years. He says that uh, uh, Auburn hit, where uh, not only did he hit the uh, Auburn player in the helmet, but the helmets got stuck, and then when Jericho got up, the helmet from Auburn's player came off. And, uh, you know, kind of a, a memorable moment there. But uh, he was another name that I, I haven't heard from, uh, is a Jericho Nelson. But that's a... That's a great addition. He was a big hitter for being undersized. Yeah, he's like 5'10". He was not that big. Uh, but also on the Asher Record Live fan feedback, Angry Og says, for some reason I thought of Dennis Dirt Winston today when you talked about a player being a bad man. And When you have a nickname like Dirt, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you better be a bad man when you got a nickname like Dirt. So, uh, But, yeah, we've had a lot of them. Uh, appreciate everybody chiming in and uh, – Giving their thoughts on that too. That's it's uh, pretty cool to see, and some of the names that I haven't thought about or even didn't know about uh, getting thrown around. That's that's pretty awesome. But we know that again, fall camp is uh, wrapped up, and there was a scrimmage on Saturday for the Arkansas Razorback football team, and that's a perfect segue because we need to hear from Sam Pittman and KJ Jefferson. So let's talk about it in your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season on by 90. This is your Razor Hog update on Out of Bounds, presented by True Service Community Federal Credit Union, where they offer new mortgage loans, refinancing, auto loans, and small business loans. Online at trueservice.net. All right, so for your Razor Hog update, Sam Pittman pretty short and to the point for most of the questions got thrown his way. But one of the things that they were having to work on was their penalties and scrimmages. Because last Saturday, they had an issue with those penalties, and here's Pittman on whether they got short up this time around. If I was disappointed in anything, it would be um, the number of times that we got called holding on the edge and uh, on offense. I think our defense cleaned up their penalties until the very end on on the last two-minute drill, and we got a couple of holdings on that. Also, the kicking game has been a point of emphasis for for Arkansas and trying to get that figured out and shored up because it can be pretty damaging at times, as, again, we've seen with Arkansas and their problems. But here's Sam Pittman giving an update on that kicking game. It was about 140 plays, I think. Maybe maybe more because we did get the ball back in two minutes. Cam, another highlight. Uh, Cam Little kicked a 59-yard field goal today, and uh, I believe he was 100% on his. I think we might have missed one or two with the twos, one with the twos. And Cam was 100. Boy, he's kicking the ball really well. Punted the ball well. Punted the ball really well, both of them. So kicking the ball well and punting the ball well. And I hear those things about Cam Whittle or whoever is kicking in practice. Oh, he had a 59-yard field goal. I'm like, that's great. Let me see that in a game. You know, it's just like everything. It's like, that's cool. But I feel like so many times kickers get talked about. It's like, oh, they kicked this uh, this uh, field goal in practice. Awesome. Let me see it in a game when it matters the most. Uh, the wide receiver rotation is still an ongoing competition. And they're trying to figure that out. But it seems like they're getting pretty much set in place of, what it's going to be expected out of these wide receivers. Yeah, I think two of the three were, were pretty locked in on and, and uh, we're close on the third. But uh, we're going to play about six of them. So, uh, but I, I do think two of, them, two of the three probably had you know, a little bit ahead of the other guys and we're pretty, we're pretty close on who the other one would be to start. But we're going to need six of them to play well. Well, way to be vague there, Coach Pittman. Just, uh, we got two of them, and you know, we'll probably got another one here coming soon. But I guess if you could just go ahead and make your uh, assumptions on it, if you will. Looks like it's probably going to be Andrew Armstrong, Isaac Tesla, and 
maybe Isaiah Satania. Maybe, maybe he's one of the guys, but they certainly look like they're getting closer to figuring out that rotation overall. And Andrew Chambly, who, of course, is a, a local kid here from the Central Arkansas area, has really been working his way up to the ranks on the offensive line, trying to get that issue sorted out, and if he's somebody that's actually going to get plenty of playing time. And I'll be honest with you, I think Andrew Chambly, Dev, Dev Manuel hadn't played a lot, but I think, and you guys seven about that too, but uh, he don't go against him quite as much as he does the other side, but uh, I think Chambly had, you know, don't you, KJ? I mean, I think he had a really good week, and I think he's solidified at worst that second team left tackle spot. So KJ Jefferson also got a chance to catch up with the media, and uh, here's how he feels about the camp as a whole at this current point in time. Offensively, uh, I mean, we still I think we still probably got a couple more installs, not very big installs, kind of small installs. Uh, we still got uh, just to tighten up on some things, tighten up in some areas, uh, correct some mistakes that we had, and um, so far it's been good. I mean, it's been a great camp. Everybody's bought into the process. Everybody loving the way Coach Pittman has structured the camp. So everybody's buying in. It's been a, a fun and grateful camp. Not only just fun from the camp itself, but apparently the fights have been pretty fun because KJ actually enjoys it when tempers start to flare in practices. I love it, actually. I mean, I love it because it shows the tenacity that you have out there on the field. I mean, of course, we don't want to get penalized for it or make a, a bad mistake that it costs us the game. But, I mean, just having that hunger, everybody emotions high, everybody's their mentality, dog mentality, just bringing the best out of each other. I mean, it's iron sharpening iron in that. So, I mean, we know heated situations are going to happen. It's football. So, I mean, just not being, not getting too carried away in those moments to where it hurt, it hurt the team and affect the team and also hurt yourself by if you do something, it puts you out of game or half or something like that. So, I mean, all is, it's competing. You're competing at a high level. It's football. Pretty great thing about Trajan Jeffcoat, too. Apparently, his nickname is Tree, and here's why. It's a long story. Uh, I had this uh, nickname since high school. Uh, it was a misunderstanding with my high school uh, D-line coach. Uh, he he was like, oh, what's your name? I was a skinny freshman coming in. He was like, what's your name, son? I was like, uh, Trey. And my voice was so deep for my age, he was like, what, Tree? And I was like, no, 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 it's Trey. So uh, at first it was just like a laughing type of thing, laughing stock thing. Uh, it was a joke, but uh, that name stuck ever since because uh, God bless me to be the height I am. So, yeah, it stuck with me. And uh, a lot of worse nicknames to be called in a tree, especially uh, when you're playing the, the game of football for the Razorbacks. So there you have it. There is your Razor Hog update presented by a True Service. And appreciate, of course, True Service being a part of the Razor Hog update each and every day here on Out of Bounds. Uh, real quick, let's try to squeeze Jake and Cabot in before we take a break. What's up, Jake? Hey, Freaky John. How you guys doing today? Good. Doing great, man. Hey, man. i got a couple of freaks for you. Uh, no pun intended uh, there, Freaky Joe Franklin. Um, so, couple on defense, I mean, it'd be remiss to not say Atwater, but Ken Hamlin and Kenoy Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Enough said with those two. And then on offense, I'd like to say, uh, well, well, there's a ton you can say on offense, but let's go with Peyton Hillis, uh, Kiro Small. That's a great one. And my personal favorite, no one gives them enough credit, Niall Davis. The dude bench pressed 225 31 times at the combine. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a running back. Yeah, he was a great one, too, especially with that speed, uh, Jake. Hey, listen, we got to run. We appreciate you calling in. We got more out of bounds in the third hour coming up next. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Brewskies is the spot for lunch downtown. Burgers, wings, sandwiches, loaded fries, and healthy options like wraps and salads. Prepared from scratch daily and made hot and fresh to order. Happy hour starts at 11 a.m. and those drink specials go with everything on the menu. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Monday night is poker night with two games nightly, 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. only at Brewskies. <laughs> 